want to continue this morning on uh, what I've started a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and it's probably going to be an ongoing uh, series uh, for a little while anyway, because it's going to be hard for me to actually find a, a quitting spot on this, because you can just uh, preach and preach and preach. But I've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we understand that when you get born again, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. And, and, uh, but there's a, another, another aspect of the Holy Spirit that many people don't ever, ever get involved in. And I want to talk about that today a little bit. And, uh, but I want you to open your Bibles to St. John chapter 16. St. John chapter 16. And uh, I'm actually going to be reading this in the Amplified, uh, Daniel. So, uh, starting at verse 5, 16, 5. And, uh, so if, if you're, uh, uh, don't have an Amplified, you can watch on the wall up there. They'll have it up there. But I want you, uh, I, I want, here's what I want. And here's what I believe the Holy Ghost has been dealing with me about. It's for people to be acquainted with the Holy Spirit, to know who He is. I mean, we talk about Jesus, talk about God the Father, but we don't talk about the Holy Ghost a whole lot and don't understand His work in our lives because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is the one He sent here. And so He's here with us on the planet Earth. And so uh, we need to know what he, he does. We need to know how he, he, he moves in our lives and such as that. And this is going to be a process of teaching through the next uh, uh, weeks. I'm ministering action on Holy Ghost on Sunday mornings. I'm preaching right now on the book of Ephesians on Wednesday nights. And so uh, it's kind of a, because I, I want, I want, I guess more people here on Wednesday nights, I mean Sunday mornings. So I want you to get the benefit of the Holy Spirit as Ephesians is great too. And verse five says this, but now I'm going to him who sent me and yet none of you ask me where are you going? But because I have said these things, you sorrow has filled your hearts have taken complete possession of them. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, and advantageous or to your advantage for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict uh, convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God and about judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely on, and adhere to me, about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God because I go to my Father and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler, evil genius, evil genius prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentence already is passed upon him. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or take them upon you or grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth, for he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare it to you, the things that are to come that will happen in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will talk of, receive, draw upon what is mine, and will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said that he, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Now, Father, we thank you for the Word of God that's about to be transmitted into our lives. 
God, that's about to take us to another level of glory and another level of faith. God, I thank you that our eyes are being opened right now in the name of Jesus concerning the Holy Spirit and what's about to be ministered today. God, we're going to have an open heart. We're not going to close our ears to what you would have us to learn today in Jesus' name, but we're going to open our hearts to your gospel, which is good news. And God, we know that you're about to minister life into us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I've done ministered on this quite a bit on this, so I'm not going to stay long here. But what we need to understand, John 14, Jesus said, he's not just going to be with you. He's going to move inside of you. You know, he was talking to disciples that weren't yet born again because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He had not died. He had not shed his blood. He had not ascended into hell, descended into hell. And he not had not ascended into heaven. And after this took place, they were born again. They believed in Jesus Christ. So they were born again. The Holy Ghost came into their lives. And then, uh, you know, to lead them, guide them, to comfort them, to strengthen them, to be their counselor, to be their intercessor, and all the things that we just read, he would be to them. He was going to be a part of their lives. And so now that you're born again, and we're probably, if I had to guess, they're probably not most of us are born again in this service day. If you're not, we'll give you the opportunity in a minute to meet Jesus. But we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today, and I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, Luke 24, verse 49. 2449. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many is ready? Jesus said this, red letter edition. I'm in the New King James now, New King James Version. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He did not... Notice what... If you'll read the Scripture, you'll find out Jesus didn't make a suggestion. He said, but tarry ye. Basically, he told them, here's what I want you to do. Not that not if you want to do this, this is what I want you to do. Tarry until the promise of the Father is uh, comes upon you uh, and you're endued with power from on high. The message Bible says, I'm sending what my Father promised to you, to stay here in the city until he arrives. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. The New Living Translation says, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. The Amplified says, but remain in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, he's talking at this point in time to believers. At this point in time, he's talking to believers, people that are born again. He's done, he's done died. He's done been rose again. Now he's communicating with them and tell him, I want you to tear in the city of Jerusalem until you've been endued with power from on high. How many knows there is a power for the people of God that many people have never tapped into? I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is a, is a staying power in your life. I'm telling a lot of people, they, they don't have no staying power. They, they don't have no uh, 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 stability in their lives in the sense of walking a Christian life. God wants you to have the power to live a godly Christian life. And I'm going to tell you, you need the baptism. What we're going to talk about tonight is the bat or today, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that, listen, uh, I read this in a, uh, I got a book on the Holy Spirit. The Spirit himself is what the book is called. And uh, there's a, it says this, uh, I don't know who this is, but it says, Dr. R.A. Torrey, it says, first head of the Moody Bible Institute has written, it is evident that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is an operation of the Holy Spirit distinct from and additional to his regenerating work. 
A man may be regenerated by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In regeneration, there is the impartation of life by the Spirit's power, and the one who received it is saved. In the baptism with the Holy Spirit, there is the impartation of power, and the one who receives it is fitted for service. Is fitted for service. So God wants us to be fitted for service. He wants us to be powerful in our, our witness and our testimony here on the earth. So look at Acts chapter 1, if you will. Acts chapter 1. I know I'm reading some of these scriptures to get to where I'm going. Let's just start with verse 4. I'm still in the New Living Translation. And being assembled together with them, talking about Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What did he do? Listen, listen. And being assembled together with them, what did he do? He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Remember, we just read what he talked about, the promise, wait for uh, in Jerusalem until you've been dude with power from on high. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall, listen to what Jesus said, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and Mahia and Grosbeck and Thornton and Cossey and Tig and Fairfield and Bremont and Texas and so forth and so on. United States and the world. Isn't that what he's insinuating? He said, you shall receive power. You, we need power. Listen, there, many times if we're not careful, we're, we're not, we, we may not be ashamed of, 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 the, of God and the kingdom of God, but we'll withdraw from the witnessing part. I found out that the world don't mind telling you all the stuff they want to tell you. So we might as well have something to tell them that will benefit their lives. We need boldness. We need power. Listen, Jesus is, is, is they're just going to go out and minister and uh, 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 preach the good news that they had learned from him and had, what the Holy Ghost had showed them, and they're going to have to go out. And he said, you're going to have to have some power to do that. Amen? I mean, it wasn't too long uh, before this happened that Peter had done denied three times that he even knew him just in front of a little girl and a few people, and he had done said, I don't even know who he was. But I tell you what, when he was in that upper room that day, something changed in his life. I'm going to tell you, God wants us to have boldness. Listen, the Holy Ghost is our boldness. Look in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Evidently, they, they listened to him. 120 of them listened to him. The Bible says he appeared to over 500. And 120 showed up. So praise God, the percentage might not have been big, but the, the effect was. It says in verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. You know, you know, people will say, are you a Pentecost and stuff like this? Listen, it, the, the, the reason it got that because it happened on the Feast of Pentecost. And so they called us Pentecostals. They call people Pentecostals because of basically what we're going to preach today, what I'm going to talk to you a little bit about today, which is very powerful in our lives. 
And just listen with an open heart. Don't close your mind. Don't close your heart up. What I'm going to minister today, sometimes if we're not careful, we go to church and if something don't regret, if we don't think something's right, even if we got the scripture, we'll cut ourselves off. But we need to, we need to have a, uh, regardless of what you're listening, if, if somebody's preaching something, if they say one thing that, that goes against the grain of what you think, you don't need to shut them off. You need to just listen to what else they've got to say. I know Brother Hagin always said, you know, people will take one chapter out of his book and declare the whole the, the whole book on that one chapter and they don't listen to the before and after scriptures. They pick that one little thing. Now I believe we need to have the gospel on whatever we're going to believe. Y'all hearing me? It says, so when the death of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And suddenly, here's a miracle that took place right there. They was all in one accord in one place. You get 120 people in one mind and one accord, something good's happening right there. Something powerful's happening right there. Amen. Praise God. There's such division even among church people nowadays that it's unreal. I think if everybody just come together and hook up a little bit and stand in agreement with pr- and pray and such as that for our nation and our country, things will start changing instead of saying, well, they don't believe the way I believe. Listen to me. You don't have to believe the way I believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you believe in the power of the blood to save, I'm telling you, that's going to put us all in one family. Uh, your family, it don't matter what the color of our skin is, we're all one family. Amen. Praise God. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, and when they were all in one mind and one accord and one place, and suddenly, everybody shout suddenly, there came a sound from where? From where? Heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What did they begin to do? Man, that right there will kick a lot of people out. They all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It wasn't talking about the demonic spirits. It was talking about the Holy Spirit. Am I right? Where did the sound come from? Heaven. I'm going to tell you the church has got to understand the power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the need for it. Amen. So they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Listen, a lot of people, if you say, uh, I've had people ask me before, they come up, walked up to me and said, do you speak in tongues? What do you think I tell them? Well, I'm not going to lie. Well, sometimes. No, I speak in tongues all the time. If you've ever been in any of our prayer meetings in here, you know I pray in tongues near the whole hour. Linda leads and I, I pray in tongues. I just do it. Why? Because listen, I found out that it was, it must have been very uh, purposeful that Jesus said this, but tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The Holy Ghost. Now listen, let me say this to you. They had no idea what was going to happen in that upper room. All they knew was power was going to come on them. They didn't know that there's going to be a rushing mighty wind sweep through the place and there was going to be cloven tongues of fire, diverse kinds of tongues fall on each and every one of them and they'd all begin to speak with other tongues. How do you think it was in that upper room? 120 people, all of a sudden a language, language starts coming out of their mouths that they had never learned, never heard, nothing about it. And all of a sudden they're praying in what we call tongues. Uh, it wasn't Japanese, it was heavenese. 
And people get so disturbed by that. They think, well, I ain't going to have nothing to do with anything I don't understand. Listen to me. You do too. Listen, we got people in this church right now that speak Spanish. They speak Spanish and, and, uh, I guarantee you, if, if Dan or the Gomez's or whoever else could speak Spanish, if they started, got up here and started speaking Spanish, probably 90% of us would not be able to understand what they're saying. We wouldn't grab our hair and run out screaming, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, so I'm going to run. Because they have a language. Listen, the language that was spoken that day came from God. They didn't learn it. They weren't taught it. It came from God. And I'm telling you, you can't run, or you can, I guess, but you ought not run from what God wants to pull, pour into you or clothe you with, because in dude means be clothed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Listen, I, I remember when I first came and went into a church and I heard tongues, I did want to run. I freaked out just a little bit. But I kept going back because I knew something was different. I knew something was going on there until finally one day I, I asked God and got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues myself. But it goes on to say after that they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not, not as man gave them utterance, not as devils gave them utterance because I've heard so many people say, well, tongues is of the devil. I've heard them say it. They, 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 they've told me that. Well, I tell, let me tell you something. Has anybody ever served it? Don't, don't get all religious on me right now. How many of you's ever been lost, undone, and served the devil? Because you, that's what you do when you're lost and undone. Do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, I was one of those. You know, I never spoke in tongues. Might have said my slurred speech a little bit, but I never spoke in tongues. I'm telling you that this is unique to the New Testament church. Unique to the New Testament. The Old Testament did not have this. It wasn't until Jesus poured his blood out and he, he, he died, was buried and rose again till this became unique to the body of Christ. Why? Because Jesus said, I want you to be fitted for service. And notice what it says in verse 5. And there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation in their heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are all these not uh, speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Goes to name in all the different ones that was there at that particular feast. It says, uh, it says in Cretans, verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, you know, I, I've thought about this so many times and, and thought about this because the, the, the Bible's definition of speaking in tongues, and we'll see that a little later on, that the Bible says no man understands them. He says this between only God understands. And, and when we get to that point, but here's what the deal. The Bible says they heard them. Now, listen, don't don't freak out what I'm supposed to tell you. And you can you can believe it whether you want to believe it or not. But if the tongues is what the, is described in first Corinthians chapter 14, that when a man prays in tongues, no man understands, but only God, then evidently something happened to the hearing of the individuals. That when they were praying, God let them, their ears were open to hear what they were saying, the great wonderful works of God. 
I don't know. Listen, I prayed in tongues a lot, but I've never prayed in Spanish in them. I've never prayed in Japanese. I never prayed in those. Of course, you know, I've heard, I had a, a friend of mine that I was listening to the other day and he said he was uh, riding in uh, Las Vegas or somewhere. And if you've ever been to Las Vegas, most of all the taxi drivers are, are from other countries. And most of them can't hardly speak English. And you, they just can, you can talk to them and get to where you're going. And he said he was having a hard time communicating with him. So he thought, well, I'll just pray in tongues in here and see if he can understand what I'm doing. He said it didn't work. It didn't work. The thing about it is praying in the Holy Ghost is a language to see. And when it says diverse tongues, diverse uh, uh, languages, here's what I, 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 here's the deal. I've been in a lot of prayer meetings. I've been a lot around a lot of Holy Ghost, tongue talking people, praying in the Holy Ghost. We go to one in Tulsa every January and it's nothing but a prayer conference. We go in there. There's over 1,200, 1,500 people in there all praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, we walk around, we hear everybody and every one of them's got a distinction about them at a different distinct, uh, uh, not every one of them's exactly alike. I mean, there's something in there that's different from another. And that's die for tongues because, listen to me, through my process of my being born again and being baptized in the Holy Ghost, which many years ago, 30 some odd years ago, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I received a prayer language on that day, uh, uh, my prayer language has changed from, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the same language today as I had when it started out. I mean, through the process all these years, I begin to see and really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it, but I'm really paying more attention to it today because I can come in here sometimes and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in a language today that I did not pray in a language last time I was in here praying. There'd be words coming out of my mouth, diverse tongues. And I'm telling you, God is unique. He's a unique God. We have a, a, a heavenly language that, that's so unique to, to, uh, to heaven that basically nothing can decode it or nothing can uh, cipher it or, or understand it because we are praying a language that's to, to unique in the New Testament between us and God. It says they begin to hear uh, uh, them saying the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed and perplexed and saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said they're full of new wine or they're drunk. They're just drunk. That's why there's all this babble, all this language coming out. They're just drunk. But we all know they weren't drunk. Amen? It says in verse, then all of a sudden, verse 14, then, but Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Did you know the prophet Joel prophesied, declared this 800 and something years prior to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? So 800 and something years prior to that, Joel prophesied this. It shall come to pass, pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Everybody shout all flesh. All flesh. Did you know we're included in that all flesh? It says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on your men servants and on your maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. 
The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm telling you, that was prophesied over 800 years before this actually happened, before Jesus actually died. How many knows God always says something before it happens? That's why there's so much prophecy being fulfilled today that we read in the Bible and we look at things happening on the earth and we look at all the evil on the earth. Well, you know, the Bible says gross darkness to cover the earth. So we already know that things aren't going to get any better in the land, but praise God's going to get better in the church. And so they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to go also to over to uh, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Verse, what verse do I want to go to? Eight, five, verse five. And I'm also going to stay in the New King James. Verse four. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. The multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man named Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed, talking about Simon, to all gave heed from the least to the greatest saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Talking about being baptized into Christ. Being baptized in the water, accepting Jesus Christ. We know they were born again. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued to Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. It's amazing. This guy had, had got them to the place where they believed he was God, the great power of God. And all of a sudden the real thing shows up. Now he's following that. I'm telling you, the real thing is always better than the fake. Amen. You know that Coca-Cola always come up the real thing. The real thing. Nothing else could duplicate it quite so well. The real thing. Well, I'll tell you what, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power of God is the real thing. There's going to be a lot of lying signs and wonders in the last days. And it goes on to say, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now they were born again. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Now, you know, we can't see the Holy Ghost. But he saw, when he saw that by the laying of hands, the Holy Ghost, so the Holy Ghost, the power of God came upon them. So there had to be some kind of a physical evidence that he saw to make him think he want that power to lay hands on. And I believe it was they all spoke with other tongues. Listen, every time we're going to read in a minute, when they was filled with the Holy Ghost, they were all began to speak with other tongues. Come on now. 
This is important. Because it's a part that many people's lacking and missing. This very important to our lives. I knew I was missing it. That's why I took off after it, after I figured, finally got over my scaredness of it. Let's go to, if you will, to Acts 9. This is about Paul the Apostle. And I'm, I'm going to skip the whole story. Y'all know that story of Paul going to uh, Damascus to take people prisoners that called upon the name of the Jesus or was in that way. God showed up to Ananias and he told Ananias this. He said in verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered the house. God then convinced him to go to Paul. He kind of argued with him a little bit, but he wound up going. Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, talking about Paul, Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He came that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit because he's knocked off his donkey and made blind. And all of a sudden the Bible says immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Saul spent some days with disciples at Damascus. Well, the Bible, you said, well, pastor, here we go again. It does not say that he spoke with tongues. It didn't, did it? But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. I wonder when that happened. Reckon it happened there? Come on. I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Tongues is so important. It's so important to our lives. Listen, I, I, t- I told Linda one time, I said, you know, because we was going into Mexico and we was, uh, we was, uh, uh, going into Mexico. I don't know how many times we went to Mexico, Nicaragua, Guatemala. I went all those places. Well, they all speak Spanish. And so we, we went and got a book called Spanish for Dummies. And I thought I was really a dummy because we just put the book up. We could not figure it out. I'll just use an interpreter. Praise God. But the thing about it is, I love praying in tongues because I don't, I didn't have to learn it. I didn't have to spend hours at it. I didn't have to, I mean, it just came on me one day and it started coming out of my mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to understand it's important and it is for today. Everybody shout it's for today. Hallelujah. Look at Acts 10. Acts 10. We're going to skip a lot of this story too, but it's a very powerful story if you just start from the first. Cornelius and his house. And uh, this is kind of where it came into the, to the Gentiles, kind of got started here. In verse 44, 1044, it'd be good to read the whole chapter. While Peter was still speaking these words, God spoke to Peter to go to his house and uh, minister to him. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, the Gentiles, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered and said, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Listen, this kind of... You, here's here's when he, They went into Cornelius' house and they just started preaching the Word of God. They were just wanting to know God. They were just wanting to know, be, know Jesus. They, they didn't know about all this. And Peter went and met, preached the message. And when he was preaching, all of a sudden while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They obviously believed in Jesus were born again and let's what they said they begin to speak with what tongues 
and magnify God. Now, if this was just been an isolated case, it might be different. But all through the New Testament, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, the evidence, the initial evidence was the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Come on, there ain't no sense in getting scared of it. Amen. Shying away from it, running from it. They said, well, you're just, you're just Pentecostal. Well, you, if that's what they want to call me, I say yes and amen. You're Holy Ghost filled. Yes, I am. I'll never forget. I was, uh, worked, worked with a, a guy that was a Jehovah's Witness and, and, uh, you know, he worked, we was on our, he was on our crew and we worked together and such as that. And, and, uh, we was on a power plant in Rockdale, Texas. And, uh, we was up there and well, he walked up to me one day and he says, I hear you speak with other tongues. I said, you hear correct. I do. He said, well, why don't you do it? Do you know what I did? I did it. And I kept doing it. And I kept doing it. Even when he turned around and walked away from me, I followed him and prayed in tongues for a while. <laughs> you said, I bet you never have no problems with him anymore. Let me tell you about him. He had to ride to work with us. We rode to work, but we was good friends. And the thing about it is, is, you know, sometimes we, we pull back. I've heard people say when they say, well, do you pray in tongues? They said, well, I can. I just don't. I can. I don't. Listen, why would you have something so valuable and not use it? Why would you have something that's so detrimental to the kingdom of darkness and not use it? And so they said when the Holy Ghost came, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I'm telling you what, the, when you're praying in tongues, you're going to start magnifying God. I can assure you that. Acts 13.52 says this, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19. Run over there real quick. Acts 19. I know I'm running out of time this morning. And there's so much to say. Acts 19. Verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with, with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him of whom, uh, who, who, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. They were born again. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve. So they, what they do when they laid hands on them, they were born again. When they, notice he got them born again first and then laid hands on them to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there's two different works of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and the born again birth, the new birth experience and then a baptism that we have. Listen, people can live their whole life on this planet and they can be born again one day and never receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They can be robbed of the special gift that God given us. Jesus called it a promise, a promise. It's a promise for us. And so we need to understand this is something we all have ability. And I've also heard people tell me, well, it's for some, but not others. Well, then God's a respecter of persons. God's no respecter of persons. It's for every single person, every born again believer. It's just a, a gift, a promise to re- that you can receive boldness and power and a language that confounds and be, be baffles the devil. In 1 Corinthians 1, look over there if you will. 1 Corinthians 1. 
1 Corinthians 14, 1. Paul writing this, he said, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries or hidden truths. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. What do we do when we pray in tongues? We edify ourselves. What are we doing when we're praying in tongues? We're talking to God. We're praying to God. No one understands Him. Now we understand there's an interpretation of tongues, tongues and interpretation. We'll talk about that later on in this study. But the thing about it is right now we're talking about that individual prayer life that God gives us, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that we can pray anytime, any moment, any second. And uh, someone else told me one time, they said, well, I feel like the Holy Ghost has to come upon you before you can pray in tongues. He did come upon you. And He did. He don't... Listen, the Holy Ghost don't come on you, take himself off, come on you, take himself off, come on you, take himself off. When he gives you that language, it's down in your heart, it's down in your spirit. I was in a welder on uh, at Grosbeck power plant and, and, a, and a piece of duct work out there. And I had a guy I was working with a welder in there. And he was talking, I got to talk to him, we was talking about the Holy Ghost, talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, which he didn't know all about that. He said, well, I know you just can't do it anytime you want to. And I said, yes, I can. I can do it right now. You said you, you don't have to be in a worship service. You don't have to be in a, among a whole bunch of pray, people praying and stuff like that. No, you can be in a, a, a situation in your life and it don't matter how tough the times are and you can just begin to pray in a language that gets the attention of God and baffles the devil. Listen, there's one thing about the devil is if he don't know what you're praying, he can't stop it. If he don't know what you're praying, he can't stop it. All he can do is scratch his head and say, I don't know what they're saying until it begins to manifest. He said, that must be what I missed. And so it says when you're praying in tongues, you're not praying to men. You're praying to God and you're edifying or building yourself up when you pray. Why wouldn't anybody want to be built up? I always feel better when I get through praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. This is what Paul was writing. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. You got to understand something. Paul was going into the Corinthian church to set up order. They was there was a spiritual church, but they had everything chaotic. They was a, and that's why that's why God says God does all things decently and in order. He had to come in to try to straighten them out. They were operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they was just kind of chaotic. And he came in there to tell him, listen to me. I, I guess people would maybe were standing up and praying in tongues, the whole service, stuff like that. He said, I would pray, pray five, uh, t- uh, five words in the understanding than 10,000 words in tongues because when I'm praying and uh, speaking, I can help you rather than when I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost and in tongues. He wasn't diminishing tongues. He said, in fact, I wish you all prayed in tongues. All of you. So obviously there were some there that didn't. Did you know the day till when Jesus comes back, there'll still be people in the body of Christ that will not be praying in tongues. They're going to get to heaven and say, wow, I didn't know that was available. Or they did know it was available and refused it. So tongues is, is real. It's important to our lives. Let me go on. Oh, there's a, uh, let's drop down to 14. First Corinthians 14. Paul says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? He said, I'll pray with the Spirit, 
and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. He said, I'll pray in tongues and I'll sing in tongues. Amen. We do it all around here. Otherwise, if you bless, otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? For indeed you give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Paul says, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, yet in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. He wasn't diminishing the fact of the power of it. He was saying it's more needful in church. It'd be like if I stood up here and just shitara basakaha na mohote. Let it be gishi mayandan do bogote. Mande erebishi bidama do do kosho hota bahatea. Lehedi bino mundande mangande eshiki moto hota haha. Nesimi na manganda bo oshe edibisi bito hota ha. You'd say, whoo, I got a lot out of that. You wouldn't get anything out of it. I would. So Paul said, I'd rather speak five words in the understanding than speak 10,000 words in tongues in another language for the benefit of the church. But he didn't diminish it. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he said, I want you all to pray in tongues. I want you all to speak in tongues. So it's so important. You know, I, uh, I know I'm running out of time, but I want to speak. I'm, I'm going to I'm start talking about the benefits of praying in tongues next Sunday. The thing about it is, 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 you know, how many's ever watched the movie called, uh, uh, Wind Talkers? Y'all seen it? It's about World War II. True story. There was a, in, in the, in the Pacific, when they were fighting the Japanese in World War II, it, there was a, uh, uh, the, the Japanese had got where they decoded everything the Americans sent. Everything. So they had found out everywhere they're going to be, everywhere, every, everything that they was going to be doing, they had done, found out there was always, so they was losing a lot of people, a lot of things was happening in there because they had decoded. So what they did was they recruited some Navajo Indians, uh, Native Americans, and they recruited them for one reason, their language. Their language, because nobody had a language like the Navajo Indians. And so what they did, they began to train them, they had taught. And so when they started, when the Navajo Indians, when they had that Navajo language, the Japanese had no earthly idea what that language was. They And here, I want to write something down that I wrote because I, I looked this up. I watched the movie and I've been trying to watch it again if I can find it. You already get it and watch it. It's very powerful. It's a war movie and I like war movies. They called them code talkers. Code talkers. It said the Navajo talkers were successful because they provided a fast, secure, and error-free line of communication by telephone and radio during World War II in the Pacific. The 29 initial recruits developed an unbreakable code, and they were successfully trained to transmit the code under intense conditions. Under intense conditions. So they had a language that when they sent, the, de- the, the Japanese could not decode it or figure it out. Did you know we're code talkers? 
The Bible says that when we don't know what to pray for, that's in uh, Romans 8. I'll, I'll, I'll probably read this again later. In Romans 8, verse 26, it says, For when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Spirit himself will make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech. And the Bible says when you do that, you're speaking the perfect will of God when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling when you're in intense situations where you seem like you're being bombarded, I tell you, you've got a language that the devil has never been able to decode. He won't be able to decode it for as long uh, for as long as we're on this earth. He'll never be able, he'll never be able to do it anyway. But he said, "I'm giving you a language that's a direct communication with God." And when you pray, you're praying the perfect will of God. And the devil has no earthly idea what you are saying. Man, wouldn't you like that? Every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, the devil scratches his head, and I have no earthly idea what they're doing. I don't know what they're saying. And that was very instrumental in the, in the success and the winning of World War II. In that movie, that, that code was so, was so, so guarded. And in the movie, and this is, this is supposed to be a mo- true movie, that they, when they sent them code talkers in, they, they would hook up one person with that code talker. And that one person was to guard that man with everything. You guard that man. And if it looks like he's going to be uh, 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 taken captive, you shoot him. Do not let him be taken captive. Because they knew this, they could not allow that code to get into the hand of the Japanese. And I'm telling you something, the devil can't, he, he, which weren't, I'm not assigned to kill none of y'all, but anyway, so it, the thing about it is, they, 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 believed it was so valuable that they couldn't afford to lose one of them guys that they get interrogated and lose that code. You know, we have that language of the Spirit. And it's something you have to want, it's something you have to desire. In other words, I could have spent my whole life when I got born again, March the 5th, 1978, and gave my heart to Jesus, I was just happy to be saved. I was just glad to be born again. Didn't know anything about the... I was kind of like those in Acts. I hadn't heard so much whether there'd be a Holy Ghost. I just knew I was saved. But there's something got a hold of me that got a desire in me. When I did get, get kind of insight into the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that I wanted it. And I wanted it more. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wanted the baptism in the Holy Ghost bad. I mean, I went. Uh, I've had hands laid on me. I, I did all the things that the Bible says to do, and it seems like nothing would ever happen. And then one day, I went to an elder's house. A, a dear friend of ours who we was going to church with at the time, and I got off work. And, and uh, I told Linda, I said, uh, I want to go to their house tonight. We done made arrangements to be there. And, and I said, I want to go there, and, and I want them to lay hands on me, and I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. And, uh, of course, everything in the world tried to stop us from going. We didn't have a lot, no money. We were broke. I mean, I worked all the time, but you know how it is. Sometimes you work all the time. It seems like you always have struggling for money. And uh, we was in that position back then. And, and uh, uh, Linda said, well, I'm going to... Uh, Go borrow money from her. I think borrowed five dollars from her dad, 
and put get five dollars to put gas in the car. Nowadays, you'll get a gallon and a half. <laughs> then you get a half tank of gas. It's how old I am. And so we went and we got the gas money. I mean, everything I tell, look, just forget it. I ain't going. And then we wind up going. We get there and they have milk and cookies. They have everything in the world for cookies and everything. I didn't go for cookies. I went for the Holy Ghost. That's why I went. And so I went and, and uh, we went in the house and ate cookies and done all that and everything. And they had a chair sitting up in the, in the living room for me to sit in and, and, uh, be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, I was, I was antsy. I was ready. I, I was going and so of course with all the milk and cookie and coffee, you have to go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I go into the bathroom and go in there. And I, when I was in the bathroom, all of a sudden there was a suddenly. In that bathroom. All of a sudden, I just began to pray in the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, tongues started coming out of my mouth. And I stayed in there and I just prayed in tongues. I prayed in tongues. I prayed in tongues. And I didn't want to disappoint them. So I come back out and said, okay, let's pray for me. I'm already got it. But I sit down and they laid hands on me and I just begin to continue from what happened in the bathroom. And the Holy Ghost came on me and I'm here to tell you, I haven't stopped for 30 some odd years. I have prayed every single day in the Holy Ghost for 30 some odd years. There's not a day I can think of that I did not pray and have not prayed. And there's not a day ahead of me that I will not pray and the Holy Ghost because it has strengthened me. It has built me up. It no, and I understand the power and authority in it. And so I'm going to continue to do it and I'm going to continue to pray in the Holy Ghost and watch God just have his way. Watch the devil scratch his head wondering what I'm praying until it manifests because he can't stop what he don't know. And I'm telling you something. Uh, you know, here's the deal. Uh, and uh, I know I'm, 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 I've got to quit. Because I prayed, I've prayed for a lot of people that when I pray for them, they'll get a fluent language. And next thing you know, it drops down to about one word. They get discouraged and quit using that word. Man, I have a fluent prayer language when I started, but it dropped down to one word or two words. I don't know which it is. And I'm telling something that discouraged me a little bit, but the, the, the devil couldn't shut me up. He could not shut me up. And so it was a crazy word. And, uh, I, I want to find out if it had a meaning to it anyway. And, uh, you know, actually I, I remember years ago watching the, the, the show Roots. Y'all remember the Roots when it talked about the slave stuff? And I watched that and, and such as that. And, and the, my word dropped, it's crazy. Don't get mad and don't get offended at me. It's just what it dropped down to. And it dropped down. My word was Kunta Kente. And I kept thinking, Kunta Kente, I've heard that somewhere. You know, there's a guy on the show, Kunta Kente. And there's got, there's got to be a meaning to that name. And I, 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 there's the meaning. And I, I prayed that for hours. I prayed that for days. I prayed it for days. I mean, I didn't let up. I knew God did something in my life and I would not let go. I would not let go. And all of a sudden, one day when I was praying that night, all of a sudden, other words just started flowing out of my mouth. I'm telling the devil tried to discourage you. He'll try to get you to quit and give up. He'll try to say it don't work. It must be for everybody else and not for me. That's exactly what he wants everybody to think. That's why so many people think this message and what we preach today is not necessary. It's not for us. It's not for today. But I'm here to tell you, I probably over half of the people in this church is probably filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ask you right here. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to raise your hand. 
That's over half of us here. It's important for all of us. Because it is in the Bible. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. The Bible says if you ask the, the Father for the Holy Spirit, He'll give it to you. Amen. People say you've got to tarry. Well, really, you, if you look, you're really not a whole lot of tarrying to it. They laid hands on people and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking with other tongues, I, there's got to had to be something going on with me that blocked and uh, a mental block in me that stopped me from uh, receiving for so many, uh, not so long because I got it pretty shortly after. But you know, the Holy Spirit is is a, a gentleman. He never forces himself on anybody. I mean, you can be born again, be satisfied to go to heaven, and never speak in another tongue. I know some people, some some places you preach if you don't speak in tongues, you can't go, you can't be saved. Well, that's the scripture really don't say that because they had to get born again. To to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to be able to speak with other tongues. So it comes with the, the, the new birth comes first, and then seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which Jesus said, uh, uh, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And just so happened, part of the evidence or the initial evidence was they spoke in other tongues. You have to render your tongue, your mouth, give it to Him, and all of a sudden, all of a language comes out of your mouth. Amen. Praise God. Me and my wife, when we pray, we pray, we, we pray in tongues, uh, probably more than we pray in English when we pray together and when we come up here and such as that. And the thing about it is it's important to me. And as a pastor, I'd be wrong for not letting you in on it. You read the Bible. You said, well, I've always heard that was not of God. Well, the thing about it is if it, if it started out being God, how could it return to be the devil? If it came from heaven, how's all of a sudden it comes from hell? No, if it started out God, it'll stay God. Amen? And it's for every single person. In fact, Acts, what, what is, let's see. Acts, I think it's Acts 4 says, when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, or 2, Acts, Acts chapter 2, he says, this is to you and to your children and to as many as afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this promise, is to every single one of us in this house today. Here's what he says in Acts 38, 2.38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Over 3,000 people got saved that day. And here's what he's telling them. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. As many, have you been called by God? What a day this could be. Would you bow your heads with me?